0: foolish friend. In this spot they sold all three gems, the merchant's son serving as their agent. The considerable capital thus obtained he laid before the prince, who having appointed the son of a man of learning his prime minister, planned to seize the kingdom of the monarch of that country, and made the merchant's son his secretary of the treasury. He then, by offering double pay, assembled an army of pig elephants, horse, and infantry, began hostilities with a prime minister intelligent in six expedients, killed the king in the battle, seized his kingdom, and himself became king. Next, he delegated all burdensome administrative functions to his two friends and consulted his ease in a life of graceful luxury. After a time, as As he dallied now and then in the ladies' apartments, he made a pet and a constant companion of a monkey from the stable nearby. For it is well-known fact that kings take naturally to parrots, partridges, pigeons, rams, monkeys, and such creatures. In course of time, the monkey, regaled with a variety of dainties from the royal hand, grew to be a big fellow, and became an object of respect to entire court. The king indeed felt such confidence in the monkey and such affection that he made him his personal sword bearer. Now the king had near his palace a pleasure grove made charming by clumps of trees of various species when springtime came he perceived how delightful was his growth since it advertised the glory of love in the humming of swarms of bees and was fragrant with the perfumes of crowding blossoms he therefore entered it with his queen in passion of love and all his human retinue were left behind at the entrance after a period of delighted wandering and gazing the king grew weary and said to the monkey, I shall rest and sleep a moment in this arbor. You must keep careful watch to prevent anyone from disturbing me. With this, he went to sleep. Presently, a bee, drawn by the fragrance of flowers of musk and other perfumes, hovered over him and alighted on his head. On seeing this, the monkey angrily thought, What under my very eyes this wretched creature looks upon the king? And he undertook to drive him away. But when the bee, for all his efforts, continued to approach the king, the monkey went blind with rage, drew his sword, and fetched a blow at the bee, a blow that split the king's head. And the queen who was sleeping beside him started up in terror, screaming when she beheld the incomprehensible fact. You fool, you monkey, the king trusted you, how could you do it? Then the monkey told what had happened, after which everybody, by common consent, scolded him and sunned him. So there is a reason in saying that one should not make friends with a fool in as much as the monkey killed the king. Indeed, that is why I say, to foes of sense, not foolish friends, it is wiser far to cling. The robber for his victims died, The monkey killed the king. And Cheek continued, Where your sword have the final word, By whom friends' enmities are stirred, Whose wisdom lies in tricky traps, All efforts end in sad mishaps. And again the saint, however deep his deed, Still shuns the guilt of evil deed, Still does the deeds that bring no shame to honorable name and fame. And again, the wise in need still does the deed that keeps his honor bright. The shell the peacock ate and dropped remains a pearly white, And the proverb says, wrong is wrong, the wise men never wrong as right will treat. None would drink however thirsty water in the street. To sum it all up, do the right, the right, the right, till the breath of death, shun the wrong, although the right lead to death of breath. Hereupon, being a tortuous minded creature, whom a sermon advocating such a moral standard was sheer poison, Victor slunk away. At this moment, Rusty and Lively, their minds blinded by rage, renewed the battle. But when Rusty had killed Lively, His wrath subsided into pity at the memory of past affection. He wiped his weeping eyes with a blood-smeared paw and penitently said, Ah, me, it was very wrong. Lively was almost my second life. In killing him, I have only hurt myself. For the proverb says, When bits are lost of royal land, Or servants true who understand, The servant's loss is deadly pain. Lost lands are quickly won again. But Victor the impudent, perceiving that Rusty was mastered by irresolution, slowly crept near and said, Master, what conduct is this? To show yourself irresolute after slaying a rival? For the saying runs, None leaves a father, brother, son, or bosom friend alive, who treasonably threatens him if he desires to thrive. Likewise." a king compassionate a careless magistrate a willful wife a friend whose thoughts to treason tend a guzzling brahman or a sulky servitor with all who do not know their business let them go go however far to find honest joy learn from any who is wise though a boy give your life the altruist bliss to win cut your very arm away if it's sin and the morality of kings has nothing in common with that of ordinary man. As the proverb says, To ruling monarchs let no trace of common nature cling, for what is vice in other men is virtue in a king. And once more, king's policy is fickle like a woman of the town, for now it hoards its money up, now flings it careless down. It is rough and flattering by turns it is kind and cruel too exacting much and giving much at once it's false and true hereupon cheek since victor did not return drew near sat beside the lion and said to victor sir you know nothing of the business of administration since the stirring of strife means the destruction of those who had enjoyed mutual friendship it is not the practice of genuine counselors when objects of ambition are attainable through conciliation bribery or intrigue to advise the matter to fight his own servant so bringing him into deadly danger as the proverb says the god of wealth the god of war the god of water and the god of fire have planned to win then lost the fights they planned for a victory is not a thing that man or gods command and besides no wisdom lies in fighting since it is fools who fight the wise discover in wise books what course is wise and right, and wise books in the course that is not violent delight. Therefore, a counsellor should under no circumstances advise his master to fight. And there is another wise saying, where the place harbors servants kindly modest pure, death to enemies and death to Everest's lure foes may struggle but the royal honor is secure and therefore speak the truth though harsh it be blarney it is true enmity and, and again when the royal servants ask or not indulge in pleasant lies that led the royal mind astray the royal glory dies Furthermore, counsellors should be consulted servily by the master, who should thereupon make his decision concerning the advice given by each as tending to the king's loss or profit. For it happens at times that even an established fact seems otherwise to a wandering judgment. As the proverb says, The firefly seems a fire, the skies looks flat, yet sky and fly are neither this nor that and again the true seem often false, the false seems true, appearances deceive, so think it through. Consequently, a master should not implicitly rely on the advice of a servant who lacks the administrative sense, inasmuch as rascally servants for their personal profit present matters to the master in a false light, and with bewildering eloquence. Hence a master should undertake a matter only after full reflection, as the proverb says let fit and friendly counsel first and more than once be heard, then ponder on the plan proposed from first to final war, then act and harvest fame and wealth, avoiding the absurd. Finally, let no master stiffer his mind to be twitched aside by others' counsel. Let him always be mindful of the differences in men. Let him fully consider the ultimate issue whether favourable or reverse, of various counsels, answers and times of action. Let him be the master, a wise master, ever cognizant of the multiform complexities of the duty. Here ends Book 1, called The Loss of Friends. The first verse runs, The forest, lion and the bull were linked in friendship, growing full, A jackal then estrains the friends for greedy and malicious ends.